0: Welcome to the Score N.I. podcast, where we bring you the best Irish League discussion each week. To find out about future shows, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at The Score N.I. Now, it's time for this week's programme.
1: This is Carl Jack O'Frampon. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. Hi, this is Harry Cuell. And you're listening to The news, Score
0: And welcome along to The Score. Very happy to say our special guest on the first hour of the programme this week is Crusaders goalkeeper Sean O'Neill, fresh off the back of their victory over Linfield in the County Antrim Shield final in uh, very blustery conditions in the middle of Storm <laughs> Gareth, but uh, uh, not looking windswept at all a couple of days after the fact. Uh, Sean O'Neill, welcome to the studio.
1: Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here.
0: Let's talk about that final. Um one of the most ridiculous games of football for so many reasons. Um, what are your memories of it?
1: Uh, memories, a lot of wind. Um, <laughs> you know, it's real strong and strong blustery conditions, and you know it was. It turned out in the end to be not a bad game for um, for everyone, but you know for for the goalkeepers in the night, and I'm sure everyone else. It was a tough, tough game.
0: Coming into that match, I mean, all the, we'd seen the weather forecast. We knew it was going to be bad. I don't think anyone realised just how bad it was going to be. I mean, the the rain hammering down as well. I don't even know what visibility was like on the pitch.
1: No, it was actually okay. Um, I think the warm up was a wee bit worse. The, the rain kind of um, died down a wee bit um, just before the game, so it wasn't too bad there. But the, you know, the the gale force wind was a real struggle. Um, you know, I had a real, real lot of problems um, in the first half, and as did Conor Mitchell in the second half.
0: That's the thing as well. I think. Maybe sometimes watching, you know, from the stands or watching wherever people were watching from because it was online as well. You don't always have the full sympathy or the full understanding of what the goalkeepers are going through, and you you see, you know, for one of the goals for Stafford's goal, the, the corner comes in and it it deviates in the air. It comes through your hands and and Stafford's at the back post, and people are probably initially going, "Sean, just catch the thing! Yeah, yeah. If only it was that simple."
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, that goal in particular, I was I was really struggling because the when the ball was actually kicked from the, go- uh, the corner kick it looked like it was coming towards back post so I'd kind of taken a step back then the wing catches it right at the front post touch it on the bar and then it's there for an easy top in and people do look at you as the goalkeeper and think you should have done better me personally I probably would have wanted to do better and probably touch it over the bar and just give it the corner again. but you know it's football and thankfully it was coming out to the right end of the result in the end
0: How do you prepare for conditions like that? Because I imagine there's not too much you can really do
1: no, I think kicking ways is is a lot um, in the in the warm up. You, you kind of look where what way the wind's going. And I mean, I in the warm up I can remember kicking out towards the right, and it was just blown out for for throw ins, and it was going like, just let's straight up the middle. Let's hope for just keeping on the pitch. To be honest with you, um, and I know Connor Mitchell had trouble in the second half with it, but um, difficult conditions, but thankfully we've got a good game in the end
0: because it reminded me of like the old Tiger Woods game you know where it told you right you're getting the the winds blowing (laughs) in from the right and you go right well where do you have to hit this here (laughs) that's that's the only thing I could process it as left or right how do we do this Um, and you know one of the the moments that really showed the conditions was um, in the second half Mark Stafford has an overhead kick which you probably thought the ball has gone over your crossbar, and next thing it's dropped right in front of you, and somehow you save it.
1: Yeah, it's weird because I actually looked around to see Billy Joe Burns patting Philip Lory in the back, saying "No good defending, get get out." <laughs> and then next thing, this ball's stopping. Um, no, that was that was a bit of a surreal moment to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, thankfully, kept it out in the end.
0: You know, looking back on it now, it was really whoever could score against. The wind was was the team that was going to have the advantage, and that was what you were able to do. Um, the star of the night, I think, as everyone said, is David Cushley. But he's been a star, not just on that night, but for quite a while now. He's been incredible.
1: He has, um, and I think the loss of Paul Heatley, people kind of probably panicked with ourselves, because, you know, we tend to not do too well when Paul doesn't play. Um, but thankfully, this year... Koosh um, has stepped up the mark and he's been fantastic you know. even in training you don't really want to be in front of one of those shots he strikes the ball really hard and uh, um, and the other night his first goal was you know sheer pace especially against the wind as well um, and just kind of went through Connor Mitchell but he had no time to react he had no chance so he's doing well Cush, um and I think the manager likes to keep Koosh's feet in the ground and again not let him get carried away because I think at half time, we told him, don't shoot 100 times out of 100 here, just make it like 98 <laughs> or so. And
0: uh, can we broadcast what his response was to that, or did he take it on the chin?
1: Ah, uh, no, he takes it on the chin, to be fair. David's a, he's a good lad, and he takes it on the chin
0: because that's what we were thinking at half time, to be honest. We're going, Right, we've seen how a cross can all of a sudden go 100 miles an hour towards goal in these yeah. conditions. If kushley actually means to smash one, <laughs> like, what would happen to the net or or a supporter if yeah. it goes
1: past the post? Know, even in, in the warm-up sometimes when when he's shooting at you, and I always feel for the supporters in behind the goal, I'm going, do you really want to be standing there when he's shooting? Because if you take one of him in the face, it's, it's good night.
0: I haven't seen many players anywhere hit the ball as hard as he does.
1: No, and even... You know, playing against, you know, back in the, the Northern Ireland days when you play under-21s and think even the boys who were in England wouldn't strike a ball like that. I mean, his is just different gravy, to be honest. It's the way he strikes it, but he's he's got these huge calves and we, we give him a, a bit of grief about them. But... No, it's unbelievable how good he strikes the ball.
0: Because you expect more backlift, don't you? I think that's the thing that really surprises everybody. It's like he's barely moved his leg, and yet somehow this ball's travelling <laughs> like a rocket.
1: Yeah, it definitely has something to do with them his. Like it
0: really <laughs> does. Um, you obviously had the, the the great vantage point for Coatesy's misfortune. Um, it's that <laughs> all I could say at the time was bizarre because Billy Joe Burns perfectly decent header but unfortunately it slaps off Coatesy's head and yeah. tucks into the post you must have been thinking this is not going to be our night at 3-1 I
1: did I did at 3-1 I thought whenever that happened you know things like when they go against you in games you just kind of tend to think that's not our day but the same guy was, was celebrating after the game saying that uh, he meant it and things like that <laughs> that's, that's just Coatesy He's a big character and um, thankfully he, he redeemed himself second
0: half he did a, a very nice header and one that he definitely meant and um, Where would that comeback rate in terms of moments? Because I was saying after the game, for anyone that didn't think the County Antrim Shield was important, the celebrations afterwards corrected that thought.
1: Look, the manager puts to us, it's a final. Um, It doesn't matter what it's for. I know everyone has a wee bit of a go at what the County Antrim Shield looks like. Um... They call it the binlet at times, the, the, you know, the disrespect it. But it's a final and, and it's against Limfield. It's a huge game. Um, and for us, you know, we just we put everything into that game and, and uh, thankfully we, we got the result in the end.
0: That turnaround, though, I mean, Jordan uh, for South scores, what was it, 88th minute, I think. Yeah. And then um, in the stop, his time. Cushley gets on the end of Jordan's free kick and, and scores the, the winning goal. Um, it, Pandemonium I thinks the best word for it. everyone just basically lost run of themselves, <laughs> yeah, and started running yeah. everywhere. But just what's that moment like when you think you're dead and buried, and somehow you win it at the death?
1: To be fair, we've we've actually done it a few times. We did it against Cliftonville um, in the league. We won and were 1-4-3 and we were three 0 down. I think um, that those those they are the special special moments in, in football. Um, you know, it's people always talk about football, the sport we love. At times, it's real really cruel. Um, you know, the other night when it went 4-3, especially when supporters are giving you a wee bit of chip as well during <laughs> games, it's always nice to, to score that winner later on.
0: Do you, as a goalkeeper, do you feel a wee bit left out of celebrations? Because obviously the goal happens to the opposite end of you and you're kind of like, all right, lads, well done.
1: I do, sometimes I do. <laughs> um To be honest, at more times in, in games when, when we score a goal I actually just want to talk to the back four and just tell them to keep it tight because, you know, what, first five minutes after scoring a goal, you're always really vulnerable. You look throughout the leagues, throughout the world, a lot of teams concede goals, you know, after scoring them really quickly. So, um, usually that way. Now, don't get me wrong, when you're winning 4 3 with the last kick of the game, um, I did
0: actually go up the other night and have a wee
1: wee celebration with Coosley.
0: I think you're allowed to do that. Um, That mentality that you can win it even when it looks like it's, you know, irretrievable, is that. Because of the group of players, or is that something that comes from Stephen Baxter? You know, how do you establish that belief that that we can somehow always pull ourselves back? It's
1: probably uh, what the managers instilled in the team. Um, probably him and Jeff Spears. You know, they, they both kind of have a it's a winner's attitude. It's a never day, day I say attitude. And um, I think them two men have instilled that in the a good change room. To be fair, I think um, with a change room is mentally strong. Um, and thankfully, you know, we, we have that. In abundance really. Um we I, we probably didn't have it at the start of the season. We were probably looking for excuses at the start of the season. That's probably really why we've started off really poor. But um I think now it's 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 back and, and the Crusaders' ethos is there now. Well
0: that's an interesting thing that you say. Why do you think that was at the start of the season that you that things weren't clicking and, and maybe even the mentality wasn't where it normally is? Yeah.
1: To be honest with you, I actually think pre-season didn't help us. We, we took really bad beatings in Europe and we played really, really good sides. Um, not, not taking away anything from other teams, you know, you play in pre-season friendlies, but when you're playing, um, you know, Ludogratz and, and they're beating you seven, and it's, it's really, really difficult to, to go again after that. Um, and it took us a wee, you know, a wee spell to get going again. But thankfully we're, we're over that now.
0: You're I mean everyone associates you with Crusaders and I want to talk about starting Irish League football because it didn't start at the cruise maybe some listeners wouldn't maybe remember that or wouldn't realise that I I do want to come on to that but in terms of Crusaders um, you've had such a time there in terms of obviously three titles but having to fight back from different injuries and at times having to fight for your place in the squad Um, let's deal with the the, the titles first of all Um, which one's the sweetest? Is it the first one or what order would you put them in if you could?
1: Um, I think the second one was my sweetest to be honest with you. Um, just because The first one was, don't get me wrong, the joy, the celebrations after it were brilliant. The second one you know, retained the title. It was it was much harder to do and people, every game people were out to beat you. And I think that was a wee bit sweeter. Um, third one, to be honest with you, it didn't play as much because I was injured and, and Brian Jansen had come in at the time and was doing really well. And... Um, so yeah, the second one for me was, was the main the main title.
0: And then it was some team as well. And I guess when you're trying to retain a title, the whole narrative changes when, you know, if you're on social media, everyone's talking about are they going to slip up, when are they going to slip up? Yeah. The, when you're in the push for your first title, people probably write you off a little bit and that helps, whereas yeah. there's more pressure the second time round.
1: Yeah, totally agree. First time round, no one really gave us a chance. We were... I think we just stayed on the heels of Linfielder, um for right up to Christmas, and then after that, I think we went up fourteen games unbeaten. And as you say, people were thinking, "Oh no, they'll get beat this week." But we had, you know, a real good change room to say, "You know, it's not happening." Um, the the retaining the second year, now that was difficult because you were getting into every game, as I said, and everyone really did want to want to make the champions their scalp.
0: And what a squad! I mean, even now it's still a fantastic squad. But when you look through it and some of the players you've got to play with, um, it's there's an abundance of talent there. There
1: is, um, and it's it's a difficult job for Stephen. He's he's to pick eleven players on a Saturday, and we think we've a squad of about twenty six or twenty seven. And it's tough to keep men players happy, but to be fair to him, most of them are. Um, Most of them are. You obviously always going to get the one or two who kind of go that wee bit different and. And they're the kind of players that some un unfortunately you have to say shake their hands and say thank you at the end of the season too um but that happens throughout football um we have a good squad we have a really good change room i have to i do have to tell you that I'm sure people have told you in the past that even players that the left would always say about our our change room it's a real real good bunch of lads um you have to have thick skin as well at times um but you know a really good bunch
0: well it, it's clear how Central, you are in that atmosphere as well, and I don't just mean when they get to do Al Pacino speeches. <laughs> this has become something um, that I've been very interested in because it's not the first time you've given uh, that amazing Inches speech, <laughs> but you, you have it down to a T. Was this something that you learned because you love that particular film, or, or how did that come about the uh, first time? No,
1: definitely the film. Um, <laughs> You I've
0: didn't think this is going to sound great on a Saturday?
1: <laughs> no, no, I didn't think to myself that. Like, don't get me wrong; it's turned out okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, w- w- big fan of the film, and I think when you're in sport, sometimes you know when you're listening to back when you had your iPods or your, your, you know, in music. Now you like to get a wee bit of motivation and and that speech was always on, one of the first things I I listened to and just kind of get used to it.
0: Yeah and it clearly works, the motivational factors there and um, you know when you eventually decide to retire the gloves maybe there's a career in acting I I don't know about that I don't know if there's a Belfast scene for Al Pacino impersonators (laughs) but um, we can look into it maybe after the programme. Obviously through injury then you see Brian Jensen come in and and we're talking about a guy that's played in the Premier League and uh, I know I've heard you say before, it's something Stephen Baxter went on about every time, Premier League goalkeeper here, (laughs) Premier (laughs) League you're going, I'm alright too aren't I? (laughs) But um, I know there's a a brotherhood among goalkeepers and all that but when another keeper comes in and takes your spot, how hard is it to deal with? Not
1: as hard in that instance to be honest with you because I was injured, I was coming back from a, a, a big operation. Um, so it was okay then. I probably found it a wee bit harder when um, I first did, I first popped my shoulder out, and kind of Johan Lacroix had come in, um, and Johan had played throughout teams throughout Europe, and I thought to myself, oh, "I'm going to really struggle," and I probably didn't deal with it in probably the best way then. Um, I probably didn't give Johan as much time as I probably should have. Um, so, but. When it happened last year, I think I was grand with it. I would I mean I'd still be friendly with Brand, we'd still send each other messages basically every day. Um so it's not you know, it's it wasn't that wasn't that hard. When I get back in and I started playing again, it was hard to come back out of the team. Um but I can in my heart of heart I knew with Brian being there he was always going to get back in
0: because it's different for goalkeepers isn't it because the chances are few and far between at times you, you're you almost relying on the other goalkeeper getting injured or doing something unfortunate yeah. for the manager to go right we've had enough of that it's your turn again whereas outfield players are easier to rotate
1: yeah, no, yeah 100% and it's I always ha- I always admire um, a number two um, like likes of Steve Harper who's come into the Northern Ireland job this, this week. I would admire him because it's it's really really difficult to sit in the bench. It really is. Um, but you also have to sit there and kind of be in f- be, you know be in favour of what he, of what the other goalkeepers doing. You have to help them along. And so it is a difficult difficult road. Um, the thing about it is, as you say, there's only one place for a goalkeeper. Um, unless you're Stuart Pearce when he picked David James to (laughs) go up top one time so (laughs) strange, strange decisions (laughs) in football
0: (laughs) you were never there going do you know what Stephen Baxter I could go on up top beside Jordan there this is going to work really well now do you know what actually
1: (laughs) we were playing Ballyclare one time in a pre-season friendly and Ballyclare, I think were like 2 or 3 nil up against us at their place and I remember my big Tommy Ray was having an absolute stinker and Stevie said to Kitman man." Go and get Shauna an outfield kit, and I'm looking, going, he can't be serious here, he can't <laughs> be serious. Thankfully, his, his name was changed right in court.
0: That would have been a, an interesting one. i love to have seen how that panned out. Um, what was Brian Jensen like then? I think a lot of people give him credit for the influence he had on the squad, but you were there firsthand to see um, that experience and that personality and how it came across. Um, what was he like?
1: Big B was a great man. He's a great guy. I, I, very very people I think when he came in people were thinking oh god this is Brian Jansen oh god with a few nights out to kind of ease him into the group and to be honest with you he's just he's just a regular guy he loves a crack and just absolute head case to be honest with you so he fitted him well with us <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the on the head case chart then I mean w- would you still be a bit ahead of him do you think ah, just, just just ahead just ahead <laughs> I think what's amazing about you Sean to be fair is that you've this big reputation but you can be a very normal guy at the best of times as well you know and that sounds a bit backhanded but you know what I mean I think people just expect you to be 100 miles an hour every single second of the day and i don't think that's what you're like i don't know you no, that well but
1: not. i don't think that's what you're like no I, I, you do i think people expect Yeah, i mean i think whenever we won the first league title went obviously on a bit of a binge me and <laughs> tackling a deal um that wasn't documented at no, all. no not at all <laughs> it wasn't at all um and i think from men, people just think you're every saturday you're out on the town getting absolutely steaming but no um not unfortunately not family man and that's that's the way it should be.
0: You can be sensible too. Yeah. Um th- this season, um December, you put in a, a transfer request. I, I imagine that's probably one of the hardest things you've ever had to do.
1: The hardest. Um and probably the worst kind of month I've probably had in football. Um because it, it it took a lot for me to do it. Uh, I did think I was going to be third choice at Crusaders. I really did. Harry Docherty was in doing well at the time. The Stephen that came to me and said we're sending Joe Docherty. Um, but to be fair to him, he did always say to me, "I don't want you to leave. It's not you're you're not here to leave we need competition." I just thought at the time, if I can't get in front of Harry, I thought Jared was going to come in. Harry would have been on the bench, and I would have been you know left out in the cold. And. Once I left the transfer request in, to be honest with you, I just thought to myself, right, I have to work hard now because if I do leave in January, i got to be in good shape to play for a team. I, I honestly did, that's, that's the way it was. So back running in the mornings, just working hard, gym, um, probably out of the house. Probably five nights a week, which is not a good thing when you've you know new new baby, and um, so we will have to give Neve a wee bit of credit in yeah. that. Uh, the good wife let me out. Um, but no, it, it was difficult. It was difficult, and when I went to, to put it in with Stephen, it, um, it was something that it's a it's a conversation that I would never want to have again.
0: Was it knee jerk, or was it something that was playing on your mind for a period of time, and you finally thought, no, do you know what? I have to say something now.
1: It wasn't a knee- jerk reaction. it was it's it probably went on for four or five weeks and I'd, I'd thought about it and thought about it. Um, I talked myself out of it at times and then I just thought whenever the transfer of Jared I knew I was going through that was that was difficult to take. Um, and then that's when the, the conversation happened.
0: What did your teammates think because you know as you say, such a great atmosphere, such a great bond you have with the players, nights out and everything it's not just training and you know unmatched days that you're you're together. When someone so long in the team says, "Do you know what I'm thinking about leaving?" it it must hit the dressing room.
1: Well, I, I know it hit the dressing room in other other years. Um, I mean, we lost Craig McLean, who was a big big part of our change room. Richard Clark, even Terminal Carl, was big big personalities in there. Um, so when they left, it, it was difficult. It took a wee bit of time to to get used to. To be honest with you, that wasn't on my mind because um, the conversation I had with Stephen was. He knew that I was going to just keep working hard. It didn't, you know, I wasn't going to cause any problems in the change room or any tensions. Um, And then obviously people get injured, and then next thing you're back in the squad. And when you're back in and you've been training, you know, I was really going flat out at it, Um, and I just feel like I've got a bit of bit of momentum again and a
0: bit of form. Some things, it's funny how they just pan out in the end. I guess. how close were you to leaving? I mean had a had a bid come in or had bids come in, were you were you looking at offers?
1: To be honest, we had a couple of loan offers. Um, because I had a quite a wee bit left on my contract, people you know, it was gonna be tough for people to pay. Um, but I had a few um, managers that messaged me about coming on loan even for the rest of the year. Um, to be honest it, with me it's all or nothing you get all or nothing and, and a loan I just don't think was would have been right for me and I'm, obviously I'm delighted that it didn't now because obviously I'm back in the squad um, but yeah it was a few probably about three offers to go on loan with, with other teams in the league um, but it just wasn't it just didn't feel right
0: and here you are I mean we're, we're sitting here today talking about a, a week in which you've picked up some silverware so it, it really has worked out
1: it has and um, and it's probably it's down to hard work. It, it really is down to hard work. We've a good bunch of goalkeepers there, and and Harry Jarre and and Davy who's our goalkeeping coach. We've have, we have a good wee group there, and we do really really work hard. I know Stevens said it in the past that he's he loves the fact that his goalkeepers are always working hard, um, and and it's something we we pride ourselves on.
0: And you know, one piece of silverware. One um, realistically looks like the league's too far away at this stage, but. Irish Cup, uh Colerain, your opponents win that and it's either Ball or Warren Point in the final?
1: Yeah, that's that's the be all and end all this year. The the Irish Cup, it's a huge game against Coleraine. Um we've had big, big games against them before and they've come out on the right side of plant in as have we. So we know it's a massive game. Um they've a hu- they'll bring a huge crowd. We'll bring a huge crowd. It'll be a great, great day. Um, so that is the, the big one. Irish Cup is the one, to be honest with you, we would want or I would want. It's my kind of last medal of the, the collection as well that I need. So, yeah, we all guns blazing towards that game.
0: What is it about the Irish Cup that has that magic? I ask everybody this, but it it's lovely in a time when, you know, people talk about the FA Cup as maybe not having the same, I don't know, appeal perhaps is what it yeah. used to. Here in Northern Ireland, the Irish Cup still is this very magical thing. Everyone wants to have an Irish Cup winner's medal.
1: Yeah. They do, they really do. And I think, I, I just think it's the early rounds. I actually th- like the early rounds when you see, you know, the amateur league teams having to go or the, the smaller clubs having to go. I, um, I think because it just goes on for so long and eventually, um, you know, one game, you're out. It's as simple as that Knock, knockout competition. But I think that the big day everyone loves—the Irish Cup final day. Um, you know, you're going with your new suit. I've had the luxury of playing on one, although it wasn't a, a great day for us in 2012. But um, it's something I definitely want to have another go at.
0: Would that be in your personality that that sort of thing that motivates you? That sort of the better taste of of getting there but not winning. Then you, you kind of go next time.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think that year. Um, with the Satanta Cup final the week after, and to be honest, with you, we were all kind of we were. It's it's sad to say because the Irish Cup final should have been the our main priority, but Satanta Cup final Satanta Cup final alone was a huge thing then. Um, so we kind of had our sights set on that a wee bit more, um, unfortunately, because Linfield actually absolutely, absolutely trenched us four one in the final. But yeah. Irish Cup it's it's one, one we want and we we've looked at it as a squad over kind of the last three or four seasons and we've been disappointed in, in the Cup because we've got a few semi-finals and got knocked out and um, I think this year hopefully it could be our year
0: because if you're looking at recent weeks I mean you've, you've put in some statement results haven't you yeah. the 4-3 against Linfield clearly but winning 3-0 against Ballymena in the Irish Cup and this is a as good a Ballymina team as I've ever seen yeah. um, David Jeffrey has them playing fantastic stuff and them off the back of a League Cup final loss you thought they're going to be dangerous here and yet somehow you got a resounding win
1: yeah now to be fair against Ballymina to be honest with you the game was over after 30 minutes we were that good we just um, again it was a win the whole day and we took the advantage first half got the early goals and then well, that's one thing about us I think once we get leads in games um, we're very hard to break down. Um we've got top top class defenders back there. When you've when you've ward, Coates, you know, Kyle Owens, um, even boys who can't even get a game for us at the minute. Mark McChrystal, um top class player, Billy Joe Burns. You look at those players and you think, you know, tough to if you're if you're getting beat two or three nil you know, Where's the chances going to come?
0: Yeah, and uh, nice big friendly defenders that'll <laughs> that'll uh, certainly not be shy in uh, making a good strong challenge. No,
1: definitely not, and I'm sure kick a few people at the
0: same time as well. <laughs> um, just because I said medal, actually, uh, I meant to talk about this earlier. But is it true you gave away your your county Antrim shield medal to a fan?
1: I did um, it was a wee lad's birthday his dad had was taking a picture with me and his dad said this is his birthday today and just thought it would be a nice touch if he do you regret it now? no because <laughs> I've already got <laughs> one go <laughs> are you back here? did uh, I say you keep that? up the moon? <laughs> i take a picture with it I meant um, no I'd already had one. I'm not one for keeping all my medals out or anything. I just want the full collection. As long as I yeah. get the full collection, then then I'd be happy.
0: No, oh, It's a very nice gesture. All joking aside, very nice gesture. And I'm sure it really made the wee fellow's birthday um, brilliant. Talking about your teammates then, um, you know <laughs> here, we, we go. here we go. <laughs> um, I was surprised to find out that when you were talking about the worst finishers, you actually <laughs> nominated Jordan Owens. I did indeed
1: he's absolutely horrendous he does the same <laughs> thing every week I don't know how I don't know how he scores goals I just look at goalkeepers and go come on read that man <laughs> um, no as he's Jordan's better with his head basically because it's, it's absolutely huge like so
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is where the thick skin in the dressing room comes in he does score an awful lot with his head but he he has been Pivotal in Crusader success, hasn't he? I mean, he he always seems to find a way to go.
1: He does. No, he, he is. He's the main focal point for us. Um, you know, people obviously have give us grief about we're a long ball team and it's not. And um, it goes into Jordan. It sticks. That's one thing. He gets us up the pitch as well. His work rate is fantastic. Defending corners, defending free kicks. You want him in there because he heads everything. Um, so yeah, he's a real top class player. Absolute cruise legend. Um, he the goals He scored for the club. He is a record goal scorer now. So,
0: um,
1: no, he's just a real brilliant fella as well.
0: People always ask why he's called Chicken. What can you tell them?
1: I'd probably say he's probably run away from a few fights for it because <laughs> he's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a chicken himself. But I don't know. He's just a big gentle giant. I mean, you, sometimes I watch the highlights back on a Saturday night and and I see him being angry, and I'm going, it's not the that's not big chicken." And I know, you know, he's a big gentle giant. Um, but yeah, no. He's, he loves that celebration. It's absolutely terrible as well. People just need to tell him to knock on the head.
0: What came first? The nickname or the dance, I guess you could call it? Probably the
1: dance. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say he was doing the dance, and then he got chicken from. It. I don't yeah, know. I really don't know.
0: <laughs> it, it probably could do with a bit of work, considering he scored that many <laughs> goals. You're thinking maybe you know try something else. No, Crouchy has a robot and stuff, no, but you know, uh, no. even
1: the robot would be better for Jordan to be honest. That's it, absolutely horrendous. I'd,
0: I'd like to see that before the end of the <laughs> season. You know, if he, if he scores in the Irish Cup and um, the one or two potential games you have remaining in it, maybe get a wee robot dance out there.
1: I don't know because he do, he can't move his feet when he's dancing. He's probably the worst dancer in <laughs> the team as well. To be honest, you reckon? Yeah, no, hundred percent he would be the, the worst dancer in the team. We've seen his moves a few times and they're, they're
0: not good. You see, when everyone talks about, oh, long ball team, do you sit there quietly and go, no one's complimenting my kicking? <laughs> I do. <it's, laughs> no, uh, I just think... That, I mean, if, if people are talking about long balls leading to goals, well, then someone has to be yeah. distributing those passes. Exactly,
1: yeah. and Usually it, we do build from, from me as well at times, but um, to be fair, he, he wins... The amount of ball Jordan Owens wins and knocks down to our boys, and then we just play in the right areas. It's as simple as that. It's people give us, um, you know, chip about being a long ball team. We're actually not. We do. We just play in the right areas. When we get the ball down and play in the final third, we're we're bat, you know as good as anyone.
0: I always find it um, a really strange argument because if it was long balls that weren't leading to goals and you weren't picking up points. Okay, understand yep. it. But if you're winning a game with whatever people are perceiving to be that tactic, well, why can't you stop it? If it's so simple, if it's so rubbish, yeah. Why can't teams stop it?
1: Exactly. And um, but I think it's a personnel. To be fair, I do believe it's a personnel because um, we have. Whenever we've lost Jordan, we've we've went to just playing out from the back and trying to get it in defeat and. We've probably haven't been at our best. We we are at our best when Jordan Owens is our vocal point in our team, and there's there's no doubt about that. When you've got Heatley and um, you know when was White last year, this year obviously Kousley's come in and and been fantastic. So when you've got them boys coming off, you know things go well for you.
0: And you you know you talk about. Personalities and stuff. Um, there's not very many shy players in that dressing room <laughs> at all, is there? You know, even a, a diminutive figure like Paul Heatley, you'll you'll never go Saturday without hearing what he thinks.
1: No, no, for sure. Um, Paul's a character as well. <laughs> but you have to be at that that in this Crusaders changing room. I mean, we do have? A couple of couple of shy lads, but you know, we try and get the out of their shell as soon as possible. I know. Um Rodney Brown went away to Europe and I don't think I'd ever heard Rodney speak in the two <laughs> years he'd been there. the year he'd been there and um brought him away to Europe and he's just got a few drinks in him and he's, he's an absolute changed man now. Eye
0: opener.
1: <laughs> eye opener, I hundred percent eye opener.
0: <laughs> Do you remember when you walked into your first Crusaders dressing room? I mean, what was it like for you then? You know, was back when you were the outsider? Was it a was it a scary sort of experience? Was it a boisterous room then?
1: It was and um, I always remember Ryan McCann and, and Davey Rainey, I came in with a new pair of Puma trainers thinking these, were, these Puma trainers were brilliant, went out and trained, came back in and there was triangles cut in them, um, <laughs> I cut triangles all all through the shoe, at the time I was raging but you la- you have to laugh it, <laughs> all. You, you laugh it off so the boys don't think you're a bit of a head hic- yes.
0: That's amazing, so what do you do then? I've, I've actually
1: just kept that going the whole. <laughs> okay, now the new boys. Nah, no, just a few. Cut a few boxers. Couple of bit of deep eating from the boxers now again for the new boys. It's always a, a good one. You no, know, it's, it's a, it's a, boisterous. By, by uh, the way,
0: for for any for anyone that hasn't had that done to them before, it's really not pleasant. <laughs> I've been on the wrong end of that.
1: <laughs> no, I have myself, and that's not it's not nice at all. Um, but it just gets it's it a. I was going to say there, it's a boisterous change room, but yeah. it, it's one with with good good characters in it
0: yeah I mean it's all about the intention isn't it if it's, if it's done with a bit of fun and you, you kind of know when to ease off or you know how people are yeah. taking it it's you know you're not picking on a person as such no
1: no, 100% it, once you know that it's it's done that's it That they're in and as long as we hear a wee song maybe after it as well we're alright
0: oh so is, is that part of the initiation oh yeah no there's
1: an initiation there is another initiation um, but I can't tell you that on camera <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's um, we'll leave that to the imagination yeah, what's yeah. the one you can tell us about
1: yeah you know we always ask for a song there 's been a couple of absolutely terrible songs throughout the years. I remember I can remember Johan Lacroix sang a French some French number for us all it was horrendous
0: Do you at least get to pick your song or are you oh no, you get the you
1: get to pick your song, but the problem is what we do is we do it in, in Europe, so um, we do all the new players are in and it 's we cut a deck of cards, the lowest card then it 's going to sing, but we decide where you sing so we 've had a few oh. people sing. On the plane, on planes over over the in planes, <laughs> we've had people sing in airports at like seven o'clock in the morning when they're absolutely bunged. Um, just yeah, we've had a few oh, a few awful. strange places that they sing. A couple of bars, obviously,
0: um, which are you're all right. Yeah, things. you're, you're kind of going a few tank.
1: drinks. <laughs> <in> you, <laughs> yeah, a few drinks in you. So you
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the song you had to sing? Do you remember?
1: I think I sang some Westlife number, I think I, yeah, Flying Without Wings or something. And but did you need the lyrics or did you know? No, them? no, I was off my heart. I was <laughs> not, no, That's
0: my ringtone, lads, this easy. <laughs> no, I,
1: no. I think I had a full album covered for
0: it. <laughs> 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 my, my initiation. See, I have to say, I do enjoy that sort of stuff and it, it, it has to help um, everybody because you've got then these great stories and you can share them for years to come and it's often what I think people who never at any level it doesn't matter we're part of a team you miss out on
1: you do and I think that's when see when, when people come in and hear about people retiring and they miss the game I actually think they miss the change room more um, the camaraderie in the change room and the, the banter in the change room is, is top class I'm sure it is for all Irish league clubs and not even just Irish league any change room you go into in sport is, is always that way so yeah I think it's the change room helps a lot
0: we now. I mean, if anyone wasn't sure, we now know. Listening here, you you're a big personality, you're a confident lad. But um, were you always kind of like that, or, or is this something that's built sort of as you've matured in the game? I guess.
1: I think if you're a goalkeeper, there's always a wee bit of madness in in the goalkeepers. I know people like to say that. I think um, communication as a as a young goalkeeper. You know, I wasn't really a big talker back in under ten or twelve, and then. The, kind of, the force to, to get out of you um, and once you start communicating I think you become obviously a bit of a, a joker and a bit of a messer um, and then obviously that's when the, the madness starts with goalkeepers.
0: I think you need it in your personality um, anyway because let's face it, as a goalkeeper you're going to make mistakes, you're going to take stick because any time you drop a ball it's probably only a day goal yep. whereas a striker can miss a shot and get away with it. Yep. So you probably need to have that character if that's the right word where you can kind of have a bit of fun with everyone else because you know at some point it's going to come back on you yeah
1: and I think that's probably why I give, away, you know, give a wee bit out to supporters as well on, on Twitter um, I just like the fact that you know if they're giving it out eventually when, when I'm on the right side I'm going to give it out um, but it works both ways you know you have the. If you're giving it out, you have to take it. And there's times, as you say, you know, <laughs> it hasn't been, it hasn't gone my way. Hashtag Cruyff turn. Glad you brought that up. At,
0: at what stage in that move? If, if we were sitting in front of a screen now and I was slow motion and that in front of you, I'm sure you can play it in your brain. At what point did you go? I've done a bad thing. The,
1: f- the Cruyff turn was actually really good. People get me creep <laughs> really about the Cruyff turn. It was the five minutes it took to kick the ball away after. It. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm. You know, I do you have a, a bit of a course on at the minute for cry turn so if kids out there wanna come <laughs> to that course. Uh, no, <laughs> once it's done the cross turn, it's was all, all good. I then decided to wait, 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 wait and then bang goal. So
0: <laughs> no, and that's that's when it's not fun to be a goalkeeper. Um, I, I want to take you back um, to the days starting off in the Irish League because you're. I know you were um, in the youth set up at Glen Torn initially. Yeah,
1: yeah. Started. Off, that's where I went. I was from Green Island Boys. They stopped at the Ken kind of under sixteen. Went to Glen um which our team was it, was. it was honestly it was a really really good team. We hadn't been beaten all year, but we're running away with the league. Um, and then just before we won the league, I left to go to Balamina with uh, Kenny Shields. Kenny had rang me. I was part of the under-17 Northern Ireland set-up at the time. Um, he was the manager and he was saying, look, come up here and you'll play reserves at 16. At so I was. I went up there played a load of reserve games and, and from there, stayed at Balamina. I think it was at Balamina about five years. Um, seen a couple of managers come in. So from Kenny, it went to Tommy Wright. Then after Tommy, Jim Grattan took it for a while. And Jim was my manager at Green Island as well. So that kind of worked out and then obviously Roy Walker came in. Didn't see the idea with Roy on a few things. Um, just, just It was just such a difference of opinion. Uh, that's all it was. Um, there's a lot of respect for Roy Walker, to be honest with you, because um, I know he was a big personality at Crusaders, and I've spoke to him a few times at Crusaders. So from there, after that, went to Dungannon for a year. I had a great year at Dungannon at a really, really good club. Um, just a family-orientated club, Everyone pitches in, does their thing, and as you, I'm sure you know, as you, good food down there as well. Oh, for you brilliant food hand. down <laughs> there. Brilliant <laughs> food down there. I've started calling
0: it bun Gannon, I'm so <laughs> well
1: fed. Yeah, so went down there with Dixie Robinson, had a great year, um, and then, kind of, things. I just knew that there, things could have happened at Cru- Crusaders. Stephen had spoken to me and asked me that I want to come. You know, was interested in coming there, and one Crusaders, you know, everything. As much as Glenavon and Ballinamore are doing well, Coleraine are doing well. Belfast is the big smoke with football in, in the Irish League, and I wanted to get back there, and thankfully Crusaders happened.
0: What first of all, what a list of managers to work under! I mean, yeah. that's that's a privilege in itself, and not too many shy, quiet, retiring voices in amongst there. Uh, who, looking back over it, was the best golderer, if that's a word?
1: Tommy Wright without an
0: absolute doubt. Um That's not a shock to me no, to be on no, a <laughs> It should not
1: be a shock. Um I can remember Vincent Sweeney coming in half time one day. Oh I could see it. I just seen Tommy flip and you know, in the change room Vincent Sweeney was li- he literally Tommy lifted him by Oh wow yeah, two just front of his jersey and, and lifted him. Because
0: he's up. a big guy, like I know obviously everyone's familiar with Tommy Wright, but when you stand up in front of him, you kind of go, Well, oh, you're actually a really big do, guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, And uh, Tommy, I mean, you just didn't mess with Tommy. You really didn't. And I think when Vincent Sweeney done it, you could see that, you know, he just went white. And obviously, players and all are jumping in, pulling it away. And um, no, Vincent didn't say too much after that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's tough to stop Vincent Sweeney talking.
0: <laughs> um, and you look at the success Tommy's had now. I, I mean, I, when you were with him you, you probably had no idea he was going to go on to be that successful or did you?
1: Well the thing about Tommy was I worked with Tommy at Green Island because he was really good friends with Jim Gratton Jim would have brought him in to do my kind of goalkeeping stuff kind of wee days with me so I had loads of time for Tommy really did and to be honest with you I probably wouldn't have got the word a what I am now without Tommy right because um, he kind of went out of his way to help me out so um, so yeah Absolute brilliant guy, fantastic, but I really did think Tommy could go that way. I mean, when he went to the Distillery and they done really well under him, um, I knew it was just a stepping stone for him. Um, and obviously he's went on the bigger and better things
0: now. And he really has. What was it about him then, just just to try and get that across for listeners, because from a player's perspective, you, you obviously encounter so many different people. What is it, that, what's the wee spark that sets somebody a bit higher than somebody else when you're looking back over them?
1: Um, I think Tommy's man management um, alone was brilliant Like even if you weren't in the team he would come up put the arm on you and go I haven't forgot about you you're, you're still top class you just can't get you in the team at the minute so you would go out of your way to really work hard for him you really would I think Stephen's got that as well I see it in Stephen Baxter as well although I think Stephen's probably got more people skills than Tommy um,
0: a bit more diplomatic yeah
1: <laughs> very much so um, <laughs> he'd be he, glad to hear that he, he would he would I think with Tommy it was it really was it was before the start of the game you were you were ready to run through walls for him
0: yeah and that's it's a great skill for any manager to be able to have and maybe some people when they see Tommy right you, you tend to he's great for a sound bite, isn't he because he's he's so animated yeah. but you don't see that softer side to him where he's he's very aware and talking to loads of players I think what they say about managers—the worst kind of manager is the one that they won't tell you what the problem is, or they won't tell you why you're being left out, yeah. and you, they just kind of leave you feeling a wee bit outside of the equation.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, probably had that under Roy Walker. To be honest with you, that's kind of Roy went a bit quiet on me, and and whenever you're a goalkeeper and there's only kind of one one guy can play, it's difficult. Because um, you can see what's happening. Yeah, I can. Um, so probably that's why we had a wee, wee fall out with Roy. With you know, when you go to look Nye, Stephen, even when I was out of the team there, you know, he was honest enough to say, Look, you're not in the team because he's doing well. That's that's one thing Stephen does. He's um, he can, t- he can talk players around and, and, and keep them on his side, which is a big thing.
0: As you know, I have a lot of time for Stephen Baxter, but when he's mad, <laughs> oh. when he's mad, he's oh. very mad. I mean, what is that? I've I've and I don't want to be unfair. He's not the only manager that does this, and and I have a temper too. But sometimes he locks that door, and it feels like you're <laughs> in there for an eternity. <laughs> it does. Um,
1: no, you know when the door gets locked, yeah. And you've come in, and a you know if you were really bad, you just know Stevie's going to give you a bit of his mind here. Um, but before he does, he he, he, give, he gives you what he thinks. Um, and it's honesty, that's one thing about him. He's honest, um, he, he tells you how it is, and you know when you come off, you really already know how hearts went. If you know you've had a stinker, you know you're gonna you get a piece of the manager's mind. Uh, he's honest, that's one thing about Stephen that I would give him. He's he's just an honest manager, and he'll tell you if you're doing well, he'll tell you if you're doing bad. But after it, you know one thing Stephen, and he, he always said, it, it's only football. Um, as much as it's do or die for us, he really does always kind of bring it back to that. It's only football in the end. If a tragedy has happened, you know, I know he's obviously he's a big Christian, um, but if a tragedy has happened, sometimes we would pull the boys in and just if we had a big game, say for example we were playing Limfield on a Saturday, and something had happened on Thursday, he would call us in and say, "Look, what's happened here in the world? You know, Saturday's only a game. It's only a game of football. These people are going through real tragedy. If you compete on Saturday, it's not a big deal. You know, things like that." And he's uh, he he's a top man for that.
0: So he gives you these motivational speeches. Uh, I, I'm just picturing a dressing room looking at him going, flip, wow.
1: Oh, well, his motivational speeches are, oh, they're. He likes to go from golf to. I mean, I think we've got Game of Thrones one time. Yeah, uh, we've got. He likes the Formula One. He gives you a wee bit of Formula One. I mean, boys actually do look forward to these. Um, Stevie actually thinks that they're. they're they're getting us going we all just have a kind of a bit of a laugh at them because we're fed really funny I li- I'm liking the idea of like a Baxter bingo card <laughs> so going
0: Vettel he said Vettel
1: <laughs> no he does he, he he has a few good stories um but he, he does he indulges in a wee bit of Netflix these days Stevie and, he, and then again we'll get something new and he's watching he likes suits I know yeah. he likes to talk about um Harvey, the main guy in, in suits, to say look, how much he's a top class guy. He sticks his chest out and into every room. You know, he get, he brings it to the football and of things. Okay,
0: my brother watches that as well. I haven't got into it, so uh, maybe I'm missing out on something there. <laughs> uh, have you got a particular series since we're on that? Have you got a series that you're kind of you want to promote?
1: <laughs> um, went through Game of Thrones. Are right and quick only I because I not seen it. Only because I, I was I'm not too fussed in kind of this make believe sort of stuff. Or I'd like this kind of the true story. Kind of maybe a few documentaries but Daki um, had said to me for ages please watch that you'll love it you'll love it and I went through it in about probably
0: about three weeks and wow. it, w-
1: it was alright it was alright just alright
0: so what type of documentaries now you've got me interested I mean are you like an Attenborough man or, or are you I'm a Louis Thoreau man I like oh,
1: Louis okay. Thoreau he's, yeah I'm a big fan of all his kind of stuff and you're, you're, you're dispelling
0: stuff everyone's ideas you here you know you're just meant to be some big thick annoying person exactly. that shouts at everybody and you're watching documentaries exactly
1: it's strange I think I um, think I think I can remember one supporter saying to me one time, "Do you even have a GCSE?" Thank you ever more. Yeah, great. That's
0: cool. great. <laughs> Where else would you get that? Yeah.
1: No, Irish league behaviour. Yeah,
0: I, I, I love all that. To be honest, it's something that sometimes when I'm playing football with work colleagues, I have to remind myself that not everybody speaks to each other like that, <laughs> as well. you know. Cause, uh, uh, people will have an impression of me from this program, and that's fine. But when I play football, I like I like giving abuse. I yeah. don't mind taking abuse, and I think it's part of it. It is.
1: That's uh, it makes it fun. I, I, I love all these you know people that complain about supporters. and like the other night. I mean, I've seen people complaining about people throwing a few sweets big deal I love that because it motivates you more I, I really do love that I love getting a wee bit of stick from supporters and I'm um, giving it back and And then obviously I also do like the fact that when it doesn't go your way that you get it you know you get it a bit as well so I don't mind that
0: it's, it's certainly nice to feel that it, it means something you know yeah. if, if you were there and there was no supporters there was no atmosphere there was no abuse from away fans you're kind of going is it? A, is this an important match? Yeah. <laughs> what's What's happening? Um, is the GCSE one the, the best barb you've got, or have there been others? No,
1: kid. Obviously, Baldy and usual. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, every goalkeeper, by the way, no matter what they look like, <laughs> gets the U fat.
1: Yep, yep. I love. I love that one because what I do is if we're winning. <laughs> Are, and then they're going oh. I like to keep them waiting for the oh. and then when they're really struggling I gonna hear a few voices going
0: oh. <laughs> <And then laughs> so
1: I'll hold hold and then I take the run and then I give you it yeah I love that
0: that's very good um, uh, I'll have to watch out for that now. I haven't, <laughs> haven't noticed that but that's quality um, when it comes to rivalries um, the North Belfast Derby it almost doesn't need any explaining but what's it like coming into one because obviously that's that's your final home game of the season yeah. on Saturday and Cliftonville, the opponents but what are those games like coming up against your, your big rivals?
1: Blood and thunder, really are. Um, I honestly believe that the North Belfast Derby is the biggest Derby. I know that the big two, you know that bring huge, huge support to it. Um, I just don't think it's got the rivalry anymore because Glen Torn aren't as good as what they used to be. Um, I think this is the biggest derby in the Northern Ireland scene to be honest with you it's, as I safe blood and thunder there's, there also is a you know a bit of res- there's a respect between the two clubs as well but you know when it comes down to it's, it's win at all
0: costs to be honest I would guess that in the week leading up to one of these games and probably depending on result for a couple of weeks afterwards potentially social media can either be the best thing in the world or the most unbearable very much
1: very much so um, and when it's unbearable especially when it's against Cliftonville, it, it's unbearable because their supporters do give you quite a wee, quite a wee bit um, but yeah no it's just a, it's a great game to play in it really is um, and as much as people go, the hatred is mu- between two there, as I say there is a respect but when it comes down to it that, that day that the game itself when you even just showing up early the nerves are going and um, those are the games you look forward to
0: and what I would imagine those are the the days where it's it can be a, you have to work a bit harder to to keep your head right because all the different elements come into it um what about the the noise of the crowd you see for those games does it get you a bit more excitable because you can you can just feel a wee a wee bit of electricity or something there's a bit more there
1: there is i think that the crowds do make it for sure that, um Cliftonville, I actually like because their supporters sing a lot, so you can hit that you do hear them. Whereas maybe Linfield don't sing as much, but when they do sing, they sing in absolute numbers, um, and then that gets uh, the hairs in the back of your neck standing up. Um, yeah, it's it's the supporters that make those, those games. Um, I know when you're down at, at the the railway and the Crusaders, I know that that support behind that goal, they they sing their hearts out and um, you know, it's good to hear them on the big days.
0: And you'll obviously be hoping for a crowd like you had during the week because I, t- I tell you what, it is fantastic. And I'm, I'm talking even from a commentator's perspective to go into a ground and just look around and see so many bodies around there. You hear the noise and. Um, I, I prefer commentating on a nice, big, noisy game as yep. well, you know, because there's nothing worse than me screaming about how important something is over cricket. Yeah, you want to yep. hear that, and I'm, I'm sure as a player it's the same thing. You you, you feel it, you live it all through the, the crowd. But it, that was uh, leading me on to when you're in the final game of the season, um, and look at the run-in last year against Korean as an example of that, where they could still potentially win the league yep. in the final day. Um, what are those games like to play in where you're hearing the crowd respond to goals from other grounds and yeah. what's that like?
1: To be honest with you, you don't really hear it as much, you're trying to concentrate on oh, the game as dispelled much, it. You, know, yeah. you really are trying to yeah. concentrate on the game, like, don't get me wrong um, when you hear you you know, when you hear something and you look around and go, oh have they you, you think yourself, have they scored, there's a wee bit of pressure on you now but I will say that the best teams respond to the pressure and um, I think the Crusaders team has done that for kind of the eight years I've been at the club, anyway.
0: Because looking at it, I mean, Corian lost the league last year, having only lost one game all season. And yeah. I, I know there's not going to be—you're not going to say, "Well, do you know what? Actually, we'll hand that over." You yeah. <laughs> know, no know what, Michael? Actually, you've made a really good point there. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter who ended up with more points; we'll just give them it. But at the same time, you must be thinking that's a horrible way for that to happen because they really, really pushed you. Yeah,
1: they, they had a good year. Um, you're not going to get me saying it's a horrible way to happen. I'm delighted it happened to be honest. Um, they they had a really great year. Um, they did, um, and look what orange went on to do now. It's a big job for him as well. Um, so yeah, they they have had a good year. Probably under Rodney McQuarrie, I think they're probably st- what you will get is they will get better. They really will. I was with Rodney at Dungannon he was one of the coaches there, and put on honestly his sessions coaching sessions are top class top class and i'm sure the players up there will, will really enjoy them so they will get better but in terms of last year it's more of a unlucky
0: be honest. And he doesn't walk around talking about that amazing goal he scored for Fulham that time. Now, <laughs>
1: ah, he does. He goes on about that a wee bit and again. You get a, re- a retweet every year as well on the anniversary.
0: <laughs> One of our teams, a massive Fulham supporter, so anytime there's any hint of Rodney coming around the studio, oh, when's Rodney? In? You're like, oh, okay, we're not good enough, us mere mortals. But I uh, know he's a good fella, and uh, obviously you'll be uh, pitting your wits against them very soon for that uh, for that semi-final. Sean, it's been brilliant having you on the programme. Thank you, have really enjoyed it. Great having you in, uh, wonderful insight into that dressing room and that team and uh, still a chance to at least have uh, two bits of silverware in a season where the team have had to deal with quite a bit of criticism so I think that's testament to the character and the response from everybody.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. As I said before, I, um, I make no bones about me, our change room is it would be the best in my opinion in, in the Irish League and I don't think there's, there's too many that would dispute that. Well, I'm sure
0: the Crusaders fans are glad to see you still very much a, a member of the team and uh, they're picking up uh, medals and um, continuing to do so they'll be hoping for a number of years to come. Sean O'Neill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Score NI podcast with me, Michael Clark. We're back live with the whole show on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM on Friday from 1pm. Or you can subscribe to our podcast today to listen back to the first hour each week at your convenience. And in the meantime, keep in touch via our Facebook and Twitter feeds. We hope you can join us for the next episode.